do your thing. <laughs> Welcome to the Wonder Year Show. Animals rereading and eventually rewatching needs. I'm Sarah. I'm Guare. And I'm Tata Tamarin. <laughs> <laughs> um, just as good the second time, I have to Thank say. You. Second time that, around, that went, even that better. One went down smooth. <laughs> Tata Tamarin, aka TT. That's that's who that's who I be. Mm-hmm, Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone, clap for Tata Tamron, the hot Thank new you. character that is going to be just busting out off of the off out of your earbuds and into the real world. Coming, yep. this, coming this summer. This podcast um, episode yeah. is the one where we all role play as minor characters from Animorphs. Okay, that would be a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> there was um, so I've been really really sick for coming up on a week and I completely lost my voice for a few days and just before I lost it completely I posted a video on Twitter being like maybe I'm not actually getting sick maybe it's maybe it's just a series of coincidences um (coughs) and I um this is what maybe this is just how my voice sounds all the time is this how my voice normally sounds? I think maybe this is just how my voice sounds. And somebody, I can't quite remember who, responded saying that I sounded like the gay-coded side character in I every, like, 90s cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, it made me so happy because, like, That's just who goals. you are as a person, though. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. That's just, that's just how Seda be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The, the, the like sort of like the the it would be like the goth girl with the gravelly voice which mm-hmm. is a lot of me except I don't have a gravelly voice because I'm really fun <laughs> um, you you don't have a gravelly voice until you get wildly sick until I get very Ill. when you get sick then the, then your true voice is known yeah I spoke to my roommate for the first time in literally five days. He happened to see me, like, out of my bedroom. <laughs> Instead of being like, hey, he was like, are you alive? <laughs> <laughs> because it's just been me, like, in bed for literally days straight, just, like, coughing and hacking, only leaving my room to get water or because I coughed so hard that I had to throw up. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I am done there, like though. That like a rough one. <laughs> I am done there. <laughs> Sorry, this is also the first social interaction I've had in a little while because I've been so sick. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna be at a certain level, and we're all just gonna to, we're all just gonna have to be ready for that. Are you already crying? <coughs> a little bit. Uh. When I was in middle school, I'm pretty sure I was like, I I definitely had an experience where I coughed so hard I had to throw up, um, but it was. I just did it into the like, like school bathroom sink, and then I went home. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've had enough of this. <laughs> the first time I ever threw up at a party, one of my friends 
like followed me to the bathroom just to make sure I was okay because they just saw me like go completely green and they were like oh let's follow them like make sure they're okay and Mm. I like threw up in the sink and then they were like very so gently I'll never forget they were like hey maybe you should try the toilet and then like closed (laughs) like closed the door behind me like an angel um yeah oh no Uh, yeah that's why you don't mix your drinks really strong and then take the fattest bong rip you've ever taken in your entire life. (laughs) That is just like good advice in general, I think. And I was still dressed up as the preacher's wife from Footloose. Oh my uh, God. Because it was after Footloose. So that's... (laughs) All all of of linear time exists in in before Footloose and and after Footloose. Footloose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially for Seda. I, I, I was born in uh, 8 uh, PF. I, I understand that you're making fun of me because I said something weird, but I don't know what I said wrong. Because <laughs> the, way you said, the way you said after, like, uh, I, because it happened after Footloose, and I understood what that meant, but, like, out of context. Oh. That just very much sounded like ap- I was dressed up like the pastor's wife from yeah. Footloose because this was after Footloose had, like, existed. <laughs> I'm trying to remember because I was part of like a Footloose stage production. It's just like an ensemble. Uh-huh. Um, does the preacher's wife do anything? I, like all I can remember her doing is like crying when she finds out that her kid is her kid died in a flashback. Um, there's no flashback. There wasn't the stage. Produ- okay, there wasn't the script that we got for my for the musical that I was in. I don't think there was a flat. No, there wasn't a flashback. The the wife she actually vibes pretty cool. She gets a couple songs. Uh, very much mostly she is there to sort of be the moral center for her husband to bounce off of, but that's being a woman in theater. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, in, in, the, in the in the in the production of Footloose that I was in, there was like a scene that was like flashing back to the night of the accident that killed the pastor's son on his way home from the dancing place. The, yeah. The club. That, there was a was there not a flashback of that in your in your production? No, it was talked about like it was a known fact, but I there wasn't an actual flashback. Oh, weird. Huh. Footloose huh. is a bad play, by the way. The script <laughs> is really bad. It's a really really bad play. The yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. The only thing I remember liking about Footloose was just the song of uh, "Let's Hear It for the Boy." Oh, that song is dope, and I was not in it, but you know. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> we have to recreate it. I'm trying to think of other. I'm trying to think of other songs from Footloose, and like the only ones that come to mind is Footloose, which I I hate, and yep. on any Sunday or any given Sunday, depending on. One of them was the one of them was that, and another one was like the different title, but it was the reprise. Yeah, there's that one. There was um, the big opening number, which I only remember because it was me and the preacher. Um, and our surviving child all sang like a hymn a cappella, and we mm-hmm. used to just practice it all the time because we were theater kids. Yep. Uh, we went to like a science, um, 
museum, like one of those like sciencey places that you go on field trips to. Um, and there was some sort of exhibit that like reacted to sound. And so obviously we had to sing our three part harmonies into this thing to see how it, anyway, I was a theater kid. <laughs> I was at a oh. birthday party recently in like my full, like wearing like a full tool skirt, my huge hair, eyeliner wings out to my ears, black lipstick. And someone was like, oh, were you a theater kid? And I like laughed thinking that they were joking. And then I was like, I'm dressed like this. Of course I was a theater kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you uh, know what? It's good is the I, thing. I couldn't yeah. sing. I couldn't sing and there were no, like the only stage productions my school did were musicals. So I was like, I was a tech kid because I couldn't sing. Yeah, I, we only did musicals, but you know, I slid right in there. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, what's even better than a theater kid is a theater squid. Oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> that one caught me by surprise. <laughs> so, real. I hadn't actually seen this cover before because the, the version I was reading didn't have a cover. Um, and I'm looking at it now, and I'm very much enjoying whatever's going on with Rachel's hair. <laughs> yeah, all of it's really good. Um, I, I definitely popped this open this morning and yeah. was just, like, enthralled by just everything. I also, like, I understand that a giant squid in ratio to a human child wouldn't fit on the cover, but this Mm -hmm. does just make it seem like it's not a particularly large squid. (laughs) This isn't a giant squid, though, right? That's not what a giant squid looks like. Is it? I don't know. No idea. I I will say I really like the fourth one that's like a squid with a little bit of a human face, so under like a hat. Yeah, it's got a little bit. It's got a little bit of a mouth. It kind of. It kind of looks. It has like 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 a nose too. Yeah. It looks like. It kind of looks like an early two thousand CGI abomination. Like (laughs) it looks like an extra from Shark Tale. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, I guess that kind of is what a giant squid looks like a little bit. Weird. I pictured them a little more, um, like less aerodynamic, maybe. Mm. They're, they're, they're head shaped like a spiral it's like a drill bit yeah it's pretty dope they kind of look like a goldfish eating a, a squid <laughs> I can see it I can see it yeah like a goldfish eating eight worms six worms six yeah six worms six six octopus are eight yeah I don't know This the squid on this cover has like and I, there are more than six tentacles on this octopus on the cover, or on the squid. This is squid. <laughs> How many arms does squid have? Eight arms. Oh, Here's maybe it does. From the website, Don't read me the whole answer. Thank you. <laughs> I guess it does. Eight? Yeah. That's crazy. I was told it was six. Well. This is not important. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, it is interesting, though. Oh, well, it's got eight arms and then two feeding tentacles and a funnel. That's a lot. So <laughs> I kind of got ten arms. <laughs> that's so that's crazy. Too... Yes, me, that's too many arms. That's oh. a lot of arms. That's more arms than are in my house right now. Like, okay, that's so two true. Ar- two arms? Okay, yeah, that's, that's fine. Four it's arms? just me. Just me here, so I'm the only well, arms. Well, unless you say that Katz has f- four arms. <laughs> I would say cats have four leg. Yeah. But they oh, also I... have kind of have two arms. Huh? 
If you want to anthropomorphize your fucking cat, I guess. Like, say that, say that. Would you say, would you say, say that? Would you say that the four legs on a horse are arms? No. Don't. Just they don't, don't, they don't the use them as arms. They don't no, use them as Let arms. them speak. Let them speak. Sometimes cats sit on their haunches and then they use their front paws like you would use arms. I, you know what? I'll give this one to Seda. Um, cats do do that. I really don't give. I, like, fine. I will also give this one to Seda. I really, like, I'm not invested in this. <laughs> oh, <God. coughs> Damn, I was going to give this something really funny and incisive, but I don't remember what it was whatsoever. So no, but oh, don't worry. We got something really funny and incisive anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I was saying. I was saying forearms. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Why did you just get censored? What the fuck? That's like one of those old episodes of a cartoon show yeah. where, like, like it'll yeah. be like it won't actually bleep something out, but like a truck will come by right when a character like says a swear word or a secret thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, what just happened. Anyways, like four arms, six arms. All right. You know what? I'm. You're not like that's not a day to day thing, but like you're looking like deities. If you're looking at like deities and such, okay, four arms, six arms, sure. Eight arms, excessive. Eight also, arms I don't like calling them arms because they don't have bones. Um. Listen, <laughs> we're, that, being, we're, being, need... we're being unnecessarily reductive of squid of squid tendrils because that's just kind of what this podcast is about at this point. If you ask me, in Harry Potter, yes. Uh huh. <laughs> Go on. When, he broke his arm, and they took the bones out by accident. But it was still an arm. Um. Okay, but these are these are in constant state of no bones. Yeah, that would be my my stipulation. Uh, okay, we need to get into the book. <laughs> like we need to. Speaking of bre- speaking forever. of breaking bones, I love how this opens with Rachel like on the balance beam, and she's talking about like the difference in how she's really she's like crazy on the battlefield but she's really controlled when she's doing gymnastics and she says reckless in battle keeps me alive reckless in the gym just breaks bones <laughs> and it's like oh this rage. whole opening bit is like incredible can we talk about how this entire book is rachel being in love with cassie <laughs> it's literally top to bottom just that yeah it's 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 like it, it literally and like the resignment she has towards um her like male t- romantic prospects right yeah um and it's it, it's like I, I i guess we're supposed to read the fact that she rejects this like cute dude uh, like over and over again he's called cute and i'm like okay we get it um yeah. <laughs> she's straight i guess yeah um <laughs> like we're supposed to read her rejection of this dude, despite how cute he is, even though he has zero personality traits, um, as her <laughs> true heart of hearts longing for Tobias. Yeah. What it read was is just like, um, well, she kept saying, he's so normal. I just want something normal. And I'm yeah. like, girl. <laughs> girl. And like, let's not forget that the way that he's described as cute at first is that he walks up and she's like, well, he's not ugly. 
You definitely, you definitely wouldn't say that he's ugly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not not cute. This is like, like this rage. is this is so <laughs> this is so much a feeling that I had because like when I was in before I knew I was a girl, like I felt like I felt like gay energy within me, but I did not know what it was. Does, does mm-hmm. that make any sense? Like I, like I think deep down I knew that I was gay, but I didn't know like that I was a gay girl. Sure. Right. And so I was like, oh, I mean, I feel a gayness in me. <laughs> it must be for I must like boys also. And yeah. then like that's basically how I approached men. Like I was like, well, he's he looks fine. I that's <laughs> that's attractive. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty egregious uh, as yeah. One might say, um, so that's egregious. He, he's egregious. Um, this guy like yells at her, and she falls off the balance beam, and he goes to catch her, and she literally shoves him out of the way so that she can fall. I love her so much. <laughs> um, and she, after rejecting this dude, starts thinking about Tobias, and she describes his eyes as hurt, tender, and hopeful. He's just such a sad little boy. Yeah. And then, like, Blair, you were pointing this out while you were reading it, but, like, the incredible contrast of her being, like, uh, I guess I could go out with this, like, average dude, or, like, I guess I love Tobias oh my god it's cassie cassie's here hi cassie hi cassie i didn't know i would see you i'm so excited to see you oh my god cassie it's so exciting to run into you yeah no exactly (laughs) holy shit rachel (laughs) she's just so resigned to thinking about men and then when she sees cassie she's like "Woo!" (laughs) homosexuality yeah it was it's amazing i there's honestly this is one of my favorite books we've read in a little while um i really loved it yeah. It had so many good things, and it had such high Eric content, which I'm always very excited about. It had some great Eric content. It had some, like, top-tier Eric content, too, in addition to it being, like... Like, I feel like... I feel like... I mean, this is the first one that we've encountered with a ghostwriter um, for these books. Um, and I feel like they kind of loosened Eric up a little bit. Like, I mean, I feel like Caplegate was kind of going that direction with the last book because, like, Eric was a little bit more quippy and, like... A little bit like he, he was a little bit more of a character than he was just like a robot who like was there sometimes and like i feel like this book really pushed it over the edge to me and i really liked eric i mean i liked eric to begin with but like there was more depth to this boy before than than there was i guess i didn't notice that because i think that that was all set up in the last time we saw him i don't think we spent enough time with him in this book to like get a lot of that i was picking up on it but whatever <coughs> same difference it was, it's either, you noticed it last book, I noticed it this book, it's um, six in one, half dozen in the other, other. Mm. except it means that you, except it means that you realized it sooner than I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they run into Eric and his like hologram is going haywire. Um, and I love, <laughs> love, love, love how they decide to deal with this. So basically his human projection is flickering on and off and they're like, where can we put an Android where it won't look all weird? And so they drag him into a Spencer's Gifts. <coughs> I'm going to need to take a lot of breaks while in the middle of sentences, by the way. <coughs> sort of just, like, put him in the corner <laughs> to be like, look mm-hmm. at this wacky thing that you could buy at Spencer's Gifts. And then a kid in a Hanson shirt wants to buy him because it was the 90s. 
I wrote down a couple of like, wow, this sure was the 90s notes. Yes! One was that and the other was early when Rachel's introducing herself. She says, my father thinks I'm as tough as any boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is such a like 90s ass way to describe your they- like plucky, plucky action heroine. Mm-hmm. They referenced Clint. They referenced Clinton by last name only, and like referring to Bill. But like, my brain did like they? kind I of mean, forgot. It. Yeah, they did at the at the Spencer's gifts when they get the uh, masks. They also yeah, referenced they, Newt Gingrich, which is a really weird poll for like contemporary, like at the time, like contemporary adult. Lit, yeah, I was or basically like young politics is a flat circle. I don't know. <laughs> I I knew I knew that name when I was like around this time. I probably would have recognized that name. I mean, I just don't, I don't know. I, I don't even, frankly, at this point, I don't even fucking remember who Newt Gingrich is. I mean, I know he does things, but I do not know anything. Uh, I don't know. I just know he's an ugly politics man. Yeah. Is he the one who got his shit rocked over a dispute with some leaves earlier, uh, last year? Oh, fun. No, sorry. I think that was Rand, I think that was Rand Paul who oh, got into fun. a dispute with his neighbor over, uh, <laughs> over, uh, where the, where the leaves oh, on God. his tree were falling. And, and, and Rand Paul's neighbor beat the shit out of him. Jesus. There's a moment where they're trying to plan because basically Eric has become like completely immobilized um, and he can't project his human hologram. They've hidden him in the corner of this Spencer's gift and Rachel goes off to get clothes so that they can disguise him. And she literally looks Eric in the eyes as she's talking to Cassie and she's like, hey, so if shit goes down, Cass, you leave him behind. She's not looking at Cassie. She's looking at Eric. She's staring into Eric's face being like, I'm letting her tell I'm like I'm telling her to let you die just so you know <laughs> it's like holy shit Rachel Rachel <laughs> I mean what what's her like it's not like Eric's gonna like it's not like Eric's gonna die if like the Yerks fine like it's gonna be bad but it would be worse if like the Yerks caught say Eric and Cassie as opposed to just like I get it but it's still cold as fuck well, yeah, no, I understand it, but she doesn't have to look at Eric. She doesn't have to stare at Eric while she's saying it. She can look at Cassie instead. It's catharsis. Catharsis? That's not the right word, and I don't know what the right word that I was looking for is, but... Neither do sorry. I. <laughs> it's been a week. <laughs> hey, language isn't real. I, f- so I feel like fine. I say that every week, but like the thing is that it always has been a week. I haven't even been sick, though, and Sada's trucking through this stronger than I am. So. <laughs> yeah, well, the audience is going to find my me to be a lot smoother than you guys are. Because <coughs> they're going to miss out on a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. um, That's true. So it's like much that, goes it's like down. That thing in, oh, should I go on? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, it's like that, that thing where it's like, oh, the thing... When you forget what to say next in a speech, you take a drink of water, and then you look professional. But it's like, you, like, when you forget what you're going to say next, you just, like, cough a lot, and then you're like, I have to edit that out. It's going to make you look great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's the, the power of being the producer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I love how much goes down in this mall. Um, basically, Rachel calls in Jake and Marco as backup, and I have to compliment them their um, fake phone calls have gotten a lot better than some of the earlier ones we've seen in the series. Mm-hmm. You mean the, 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 I mean, the one that sticks out is just the David Letterman one to me. Yes, that was, <laughs> to be fair, they did have to like convey a lot of information in that phone call, I guess, but everything seems to go a lot more naturally now, mm-hmm. which yeah. I'm very, which is, you know, good for them. Um, but Marco 
the fucking i would love to see jake and marco making this plan like this is one of those moments where i'd love to see the other side of the scene because jake and marco walk into the mall and marco is in gorilla morph with a sign around his neck that has a movie poster that says king gone king kong versus godzilla with a u i mean marco can't read or write so you know he made that one Godzilla. It's so funny. And like, they try to convince the like teenage cashier of the Spencer's gifts that this is just a gorilla costume. And the teenage cashier is like, looks pretty real. And then Rachel's like, watch out, there's a lava lamp about to fall. And he looks around and he's like, where? And then she like glares at Marco and is like, there's a lava lamp about to fall. And Marco like knocks him out. Mm hmm. It's good. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Um, and then it's just like pure chaos um, for the rest of it. Like, um, yeah, uh, Marco scoops Eric up and uh, just as like an entire ass gorilla hauls him out of the mall. And then like no, like nobody sees them and all the cameras are off, which is convenient, I guess. Um, uh, that <laughs> that only gets explained a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then uh, they take a bus. Assuming the uh, Marco still is a gorilla inside of a bus. I don't know how those logistics work. I don't think you can fit a gorilla in a bus. That's my theory. Even if you could, that gorilla is probably too heavy. It probably helps to. It probably exceeds the weight capacity. Yeah. I mean, a gorilla probably like depending. There's no one else on the bus, right? A gorilla would weigh as much as like what five or six people. How I don't know how much gorilla weigh. Me neither. Hey. Uh, <laughs> How much do you oh, gorilla actually, weigh? I don't have that activated on my system. <laughs> hey, Cortana. <laughs> no. Hey. How much does a gorilla weigh? Gorilla species Western gorilla typically has a weight of 160 kilograms. Eastern gorilla typically has a weight of 150 kilograms. I don't know how to convert that into pounds. Me neither. <laughs> Does that sound like five or six people to you, though? 160 kilograms in pounds is 352, so it could be two people. Yeah. So it's two actually people. not... Not that much, big. actually. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So, on this, like, very coincidentally empty bus, as long as Marco can get in the bus, then it, then it seems kind of reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... There's a moment here where... Okay, I have to point out, we get so much really great non-mission related banter with the kids in this book Mm -hmm. that i love it is so good and one of the things we get here is that cassie knows all of the teletubbies names by heart (laughs) because they like they like see the red teletubby and someone says the wrong teletubby name and she's like no it's the other one so and so is the purple one and the other one is the green one and she just like lists them off really calmly and i mean i love that so much I love her uh, so much. <laughs> so, so much. Um, and so basically we learned that all of the Chi have been, like, immobilized. They can still all talk to each other and that kind of thing, but none of them can uh, move and their holograms aren't working. And I love the glimpse we get into how many different, like, Chi agents there are and how many parts of society they've integrated with. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Yeah, it's it because we have uh, one who's, like, working at a power plant. And the other one who's just, like, a homeless lady. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I get it. <laughs> um, 
And uh, basically what they have to do is they have to go to the bottom of like a huge deep cavern at the bottom of the ocean, which I'm already like, cool. Yeah, that's what I yeah, like to be. <laughs> like, we, get some, we get some prime awful ocean content in this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, deep sea shit um, is only cool in documentaries. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, they have like... So they had, like, the Chi and the nuclear power plant managed to, like, lock themselves away so that they're... Basically, they're on a time limit because if this Chi gets discovered, then their technology might be uh, leaked to Yerks. So they have to get to the Pimalite ship that's at the bottom of the ocean um, before the shift change. Mm-hmm. And before they do that, they have to rescue this um, Chi that was living... Um, in like like squatting with a whole bunch of other people in some abandoned warehouse and so everything happens really fast there's like a lot of plans going around and I realized that it's like a terrible thing that he said (coughs) I realized that it's like a terrible thing that he said but there's a moment where Rachel is really excited for how complicated their mission is and Marco skips saying like you're crazy or you're insane and skips right to you're mentally ill which i actually laughed it's like not good but i laughed i think just something about like how direct and how like completely missing any sort of like um like oh no the word for holy shit, my brain just turned off. No, I, I t- and I feel like I'm halfway oh, there just, to the word euphemism. with you. And euphemism. I just can't. He's like, he's, mis- he's like skipping any like euphemism sure, or yeah, anything yeah. and just going straight to like, yeah, you are mentally ill. <laughs> it's like, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my problematic son. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it was the 90s. I'm shocked we don't get more R words thrown in here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's because, like, it was for children's. And it's, yeah. like, it wasn't, like, a, it was, like, still, like, a commonly used word, but, like, still a bad word, you know? So, yeah. can't say bad words. Can't say a cuss. Um, can't say a cuss. Uh, um, amazing, not bad words, but amazing words. We continue the trend of really, really great um, morphing words. We get another sprout as Rachel becomes an Sada, elephant. So, Sada, I am so glad that you are combing like these para- those those like morph passages for those good words because I just like I see those and I know that I shouldn't do this, but like I see a morph passage and I just like I see okay, cool. I got two pages of skimming to do here. At one point, they said um, this is later in the book, but they say Rachel's pores turned as big as potholes and my brain just turned off like I've been trying to be better about reading the morphs because I'm like I need to I I need to make myself stronger on the inside um (coughs) do you want to get a glass of water Seda (laughs) I have a glass of water it's not helping okay but thank you like I don't I do not have trypophobia but like that is just yeah it's like a bad scene (laughs) it's really just horrible to think about yeah, that whole morph sequence we should really get into because it's a problem. Mm-hmm. But before that, um, they go to a like warehouse where there's a Yerk controller who's like, like a doing crimes, um, and he's about to get busted by like the real cops. Um, it's so strange. <laughs> it's so strange. And but but this is where that one chi is at and. She's hiding in a closet, and they're like, well, we'll just turn into really 
obvious animals and just like bring the whole house down basically yeah like they become like a hippo and a rhinoceros uh yeah like a rhinoceros and an elephant and like just their biggest morphs and like i mean i get i get it (laughs) but also there has to be a there has to have been a better way (laughs) because it goes so wrong for them so fast it does but there's a great point where um they're all fighting and it's going badly and Rachel has, like, kept herself in control. And then Cassie gets hurt. And Rachel gets so pissed, she knocks a wall down. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> it's, like, amazing. It's so good. Um, yeah, this is a lot of Rachel getting really pissed off that Cassie is in danger. Um, <laughs> and vice versa. It's it's awesome. <laughs> well, it's not awesome that Cassie is in danger, but I love Rachel. So, you know. Yeah, this is one of those bad fights where everyone almost dies. And it's, like, right um, at the top of the book, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, Tobias, at one point, when they're trying to escape, steals a cop's gun, which is direct action. <laughs> uh, he steals a cop's gun and just starts flying bird, around and shooting just it. Just flying around holding this gun, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is so good. I think that the Animorphs should do more of that. <laughs> I yeah. think the Animorphs should do more crime. Guns. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that a lot, actually, because, like, this was a raid that was, like, this was a cop raid that was ostensibly about, like, finding this person who seems to be, like, dealing drugs or weapons or something, but also was definitely about, like, breaking up a place where a lot of homeless people were living. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the Animorphs should just become, like, community leaders <laughs> breaking up cop raids. They can do that after the pod people are destroyed. I think they should. Mm-hmm. I-, I agree. <laughs> this, like, this, this gets, like, surprisingly dicey for, like, a fight that involves, like, I mean, it's cops. Like, it's, it's cops su- versus elephant. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it gets it gets bad. Um, but they get out of there by the skin of their teeth, and then they're like, "Oh, there's there's a great moment where it's like the classic, Rachel like beats the shit out of a guy, but checks that he's still breathing, which is normal. But we also get the amazing addition of Rachel saying that she's not sure she's happy that she didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck. Yes. Dive into that. <laughs> and then this is very, as soon as they barely escape, um, we get a full page of them bickering about book titles and French words, um, which includes the revelation that Ax accidentally ate a snail by stepping on it while he was grazing. <laughs> and um, it was not said outright, but was implied. It was easy going in, but hard coming out. Yeah. <laughs> He was like, the meat wasn't bad, but the shell, once it, and everyone was like, okay, 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 okay. Um, which I think says a lot to, about how delicate Axe's digestive system is, which makes yeah. sense. He basically can only break down plant, plant matter. <laughs> yeah. And they actually, they lampshade it in a really great way where, um, because Cassie is trying to use, say the word squid when they're trying to figure out how to get down to this really deep level of the ocean, but she says calamari, um... And then everyone's like, snails? And she's like, that's not, that's escargot. And they're all like, well, that sucks too. And then she's like, squid. And they're like, why? And then they're fighting about, like, TV titles. <coughs> Fuck me. Oh, no. Oh. Are you sure you're going to be good to keep going? Yeah, you can, like, go lie down and we can tackle the rest of this for you. Um, <coughs> I want to keep trying for a little while. Okay. 
So they lampshade this bickering in a really great way. I think it's Rachel at one point says, someone call the Chi and tell them they're doomed. Their only hope is a collection of idiot kids standing around in the woods debating cable channels. Mm -hmm. And I love that we get those moments with them. It makes me so happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's Yeah, it's, it's just like people being friends, which I love. But it's like in the midst of all this mayhem and like near-death experiences constantly. But it's still really, it's just like a nice... Even though it's, like, everyone's still really madly stressed out because they cannot, like, they are having a hard time problem-solving this issue because um, not a lot of animals are built to go that deep. Yeah. Um, so uh, they, they, they're, like... And the ones that are built to go that deep can't really go above that pressure, you know? Uh, if we talk about, like, deep-sea animals. Um, yeah, and there aren't any in captivity. Right. Um, so they can't get them. Yeah. Um, um, and then they get this, they're watching the news and there's a broadcast that a sperm whale has washed up on the beach. And Rachel is like, um, weird coincidence. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is, but everyone like picks up on the fact that it's like a super weird coincidence immediately. Um, but still like they all like am scray, you know, they just like, uh, Rachel's halfway through a burrito. And probably still with burrito in her mouth when she's just like, oh, there's whale? Gotta go. Gotta get this whale. Um, and then they all turn into birds. Uh, it turns out that the sharing uh, is also going down to help the whale just throw water on it. Um, yeah. Um, I got really upset about the whale. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was okay at the end. Yeah, I knew that they were probably going to save it. Well, okay, here's the thing. And this book, this series is so dark that I was like, well, they're definitely going to save the whale at the end, right? And then I was like, there is a non-zero chance that they're going to let this whale die and have it be like, well, yep, there's a sac another sacrifice that we made. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want that to be the thing. Because they, they describe this whale, like this beached whale laying there and Cassie talks about how it's just slowly suffocating because they can't support their own weight mm -hmm. um they're too big to be on land I got really 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 sad no I totally get it um I, I whales freak me out but also they're like sentient so you know um yeah they they just they as long as they stay in the ocean and like not by me which is where they're supposed yeah. to be um yeah. I'm pretty much cool with them <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense um so uh, they, they all turn into um, uh, birds, seagulls uh, specifically, to acquire this uh, sperm whale. Well, for uh, Rachel and Tobias to acquire the sperm whale, um, they, they end up drawing straws. But <laughs> Rachel and Tobias cheat so they can go together because uh, mutual death wish. Uh, <laughs> yep. It's, it's so funny. They're like straight by way of death wish, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, Rachel's basically, like, glaring at Tobias the whole time they're drawing straws to, so that he'll help her cheat. And then she's, like, astounded that he also cheats mm -hmm. <laughs> to, like, go with her. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. And then Jake yells at her, like, pulls her aside and actually, like, Scolds rips her. her some shit. Like, is like, I hope, I hope that if this goes wrong, you understand that you killed Tobias, basically. Yeah. And it's like, shit jake i know it was like i was like it's so weirded out by that because it seemed wildly out of character for him uh, i think that he's a lot tougher on rachel than he is on anyone else probably because he feels like he I could think, get away with it 
Yeah, partially because you can get away with it because they have such a, like, like, their family. Right. And also, I think that deep down he's probably really worried about what happens if she falls out of line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because she is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you cut out for a moment. Did you cover them getting access, the access code to the Pimalite ship? Because oh, that made me laugh. I did not. <laughs> I love that shit. It's my favorite thing in the world. I, it's... I, I've seen it come up so many times that it's, I, I feel like I should be at a point where I think it's trite, but I still just fucking laugh every single time that there's a complex security system and the code is, like, a single digit. Yeah, because the Pimalites were so inherently trusting. The access code, Jake is, is very funny in this moment. I like it when Jake gets to make jokes. Yeah. He says in, like, his, like, dry, humorous voice, y'all ready to, like, memorize this access code? All right. It's six. <laughs> Everyone's like, Full it's stop. six? He's like, yep. And then there's a great Rachel and Cassie moment where Rachel's like, oh my God, the Pimalites were idiots. And Cassie just says like, well, they trusted everyone. And Rachel says, well, they're all dead. <laughs> they have a couple <laughs> moments like this. Um, I it's think later acts says something about uh, <laughs> Marco is like oh they if they finally get down to the pim- when they finally get down to the pimalite yes. ship um Marco's like wow it's like your dome ship except like better way cooler um and Axe is like yes well we needed room for all the weapons which is why we are alive and the pimalites are not and <laughs> Marco is so like good. touchy <laughs> it's like whoa I love when Axe is a bitch it is so funny me too um there's I love Marco. He ha, he also has his moment of direct action as a bird when he poops as a seagull right on Chapman's head. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, oh my god, their bird amazing. antics are so great. I, I love, love every single love time they go birds. seagull. Oh. The seagull there is, is so good. The seagull is actually really great. I love it's oh, one of the things I really like about Rachel's books right now is that she does not have very good control over her morphs at first mm-hmm. no yeah everyone else is seems to do a lot better with like fighting down the instinct but she always like goes full hog into it we are halfway through this franchise of books yeah and she still can't dial this down yeah well i actually think she's gotten worse and i think it's You're because she's she started relying on her own base human instincts so much to override like her social programming to for instance not kill people right and I think that makes her more susceptible to like, to to the animal instincts. Mm-hmm. Don't you ever just want to go ape shit? Right. <laughs> that is really her. To That's... Cassie. Aren't you ever like tired of like being like Elfingor just like offers the asking full advice and just like with his dying breath. Don't you ever just want to go ape shit? <laughs> it's my favorite thing. It's my favorite it's... thing. I love her so much. I love her so much. Um. So, uh, uh, Tobias gets stuck on a barnacle or something while they're mm-hmm. all, like, flying around this beach whale. Um, and uh, uh, they basically... <laughs> Rachel basically has to body him <laughs> yep. in order to get him <laughs> unstuck. Uh, the ruse they're going for is... Um, Chasing him out of their territory. Right. Um, but there's all sorts of chaos that involves this plan, which is mostly, like pooping on Chapman's head as previously stated and like dive bombing <laughs> people eating food um mm-hmm. etc cetera, etc cetera. uh and basically to con- c- create enough diversion for um Rachel and Tobias to like acquire the 
the, the sperm whale, you know? Yeah. Um, and then pretty quickly we just get our, like, I hate every single time this happens, and it happens a lot, where they are in a morph that is good with water, and then they have to change into human morph so that they can go into another morph, mm-hmm. and it sucks every time. Yeah. I mean, I like, I get it, but also it's, like, so stressful, because I, like, I, like, think about, like, I've never swam in the ocean before, um... It's terrifying. And it especially is, they're, like, in the middle of it is the thing. Yeah. It um, is a weird kind of, like, it's really interesting because despite despite the vastness of it, the only feeling that I was getting out of these descriptions was just, like, an intense claustrophobia. Oh, yeah. I love how they use water like, that way. This, mm-hmm. like, I, I have, like, a very mild form of claustrophobia. Like, it doesn't really flare up unless, like... I go into an MRI machine, for an example, which is how I discovered that I have claustrophobia. Not a fun day. Um, but, like, this was very much hearkening back to the times that I've had to have my brain scanned. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, like, the feeling of everything around me. Yeah. 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 It's, like, the only good thing that we get out of this is that <laughs> you get the image of an Andalite swimming. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Which is very funny. Yeah. Because they talk about, like, they're, like, well, Axe could morph but he wouldn't be happy and or he has to change into a dolphin or something he has to go into his andalite form in any case and (laughs) rachel's like he can swim but he doesn't really like it and i was just picturing like he'd have to swim like a horse right i guess like but where's his center of gravity i guess is the thing that's the thing i think that his body would just be like weirdly flopped (laughs) i don't he's okay but he's got shitty little arms and shitty little legs is the also the other problem. Well, the legs are strong, right? But he does have shitty little arms. Well, they're like... I mean, they're not horse legs. Okay, They're not okay, horse legs. Okay, it's like a deer. Okay. It's like a deer uh, swimming. Blah, 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 blah. Have you guys hey. ever seen The Ring? Yes. Yes. Obviously. Remember that when the horse jumps over the edge? Yeah, I yeah, hate it. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it's not good. Um, uh, this is better, but it's, it's still not good. <laughs> So, um, Rachel and Tobias turn into sperm whales, and, um, they go to the bottom of the ocean, essentially, looking for giant squids. It's, like, yeah, and it's difficult, but it's also really funny, because Rachel and Tobias are just really funny together. Yeah, they're so Um, awkward. (laughs) Yeah, they're looking for a giant squid, and Tobias says, like, did you know that some people think squids actually eat whales? And Rachel's like, well, no one really knows what they eat, but we do know they're cannibals. And Tobias is like, great. And, like, that's just sort of their tone with each other. They're both just like, hey, did you know we could die? Well, I did know that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and like, Jesus. They're also so terse with each other um, because uh, Rachel starts talking about this guy who asked her out. Um, which which seems like such a small thing in the vastness of like their plant like their greater machinations and <laughs> stuff like that which is what makes it perfect you know um yeah. and uh they're basically trying to make small talk over it except despite the fact that she brought it up rachel clearly does not want to talk about it <laughs> yeah um, and like huge shout out to tobias's theories on what tt could stand for which we never find out no but it's so on brand for animorphs because he asks tt what does that stand for troubled teen total turmoil terrible trauma and it's like tobias no those are all you yeah, it's uh, not- <laughs> this is a normal teenage boy <laughs> tt is like a rorschach 
test? Uh, actually, it stands for. <laughs> actually, if you consult the Great Book of Diddy Kong Racing, you will find that TT stands for time trial. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Or Tata Tamarin. Tata Tamarin. Uh, I gotta say, <laughs> TT is a bad, uh, uh, like, initials name. It sucks. Why? Yeah. Why did they choose that? Yeah. Anything else would have been better. Yeah, I really don't. I really don't get it. Double really, letters really just really never don't. work, except if it's J's. That's the only time double letters work. Yeah, yeah, JJ's not bad. Right. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe it's like just like maybe it's Jonathan Taylor Thomas, but like to avoid arousing suspicion, his friends just call him TT. Like, <laughs> but he's a teenage boy. Jonathan Taylor Thomas was a teenage boy. I like to think that it was like the ghostwriter's like cousin or something. Oh. They were like. Yeah, yeah, bro, I'll throw you in. <laughs> um, it's the least. It's the least uh, they could do after uh, fix their transmission for them. So, yeah, <laughs> how it is. Uh, so, so they. Uh, so, yeah, they fuck around in the ocean for a while. Um, eventually, Rachel uh, gets attacked by a giant squid, um, yeah. and. Uh, it sucks, and she doesn't do very well. And at the same time, Tobias like finds the ship, and uh, they sc- scram up to land, um, and or not land, I guess surface. Um, yeah. And uh, basically, uh, while um, Rachel is like recuperating, uh, she fucking bites the legs off of this squid. Uh, yeah, which like. <laughs> So I imagine that squid... I don't actually don't know if squid are regenerative. Like, if they can grow limbs back. It seems like the kind of shit that they could do because they live for so long, right? Right, yeah. But I like, don't know, but maybe. I have to wonder how, for instance, Cassie would feel about the fact that they just, like, disabled this squid permanently. Like, that's squid... I mean, I guess Cassie is sort of a circle of life type person. But, yeah. like... You know, that was still very much their, like, deliberate actions. They just wounded this squid irreparably. Yeah. Maybe. Unless maybe. They, unless they grow it back. <laughs> <laughs> unless we're wrong. Unless the Animorphs know something we don't know. Um, yeah. Which is possible. Um, oh, that's actually called out at one point in the book when Rachel's like, you know, we could totally, like, change all of the almanacs and encyclopedias if we were ever allowed to write down all the shit we learned about <laughs> animals. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, also, oh also I they just, said I, that. Sorry, I just, we, we, uh, during that, I'm not going to say what it was that reminded me of that, but during that topic of conversation, one of the things that you two said reminded me of my favorite Rachel book, and I just realized that that one's coming next. Oh, nice. The next, Ra- the next Rachel book is, I think, my favorite Rachel book. I'm excited. Things are really amping up, so I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped. We're in the back, we're in the back half. This yeah. This is the home stretch now. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that's wow. weird. Yeah. There's, um, speed, amping up, Rachel's transforming into a giant squid includes not only two sploots but a flimp oh yeah <laughs> um, I, I, I don't uh, gotta love sorry, those onomatopoeias I'm, I'm just looking at covers i don't think we're actually uh we're, we're actually this is actually the halfway point because i thought there were 52 books there are 54 but there's also uh, about like six or seven extraneous uh, uh, extra Bonus books. Yeah, bonus books. Um, and then we can also read the Vegemorphs parody book. <laughs> we should definitely yeah, do that. Yeah, sure, why not? Um, 
They also talk about the squid having green blood, which totally threw me. I mean, I guess yeah. that makes sense, but I never think about that, you know? Um, I think that because squid flesh is still pinkish. Sure. Um, so that surprised me, but I don't know. The thing is... They could be right. Yeah, I think that they have blue blood, like, octopi. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that, like, seafood always... Why would I, somebody who loves animals so much, look up giant squid blood in Google Images? Why would I do that? Why would I make that choice? Don't do that. <laughs> well, did you? I'm going to tell... <laughs> did you? <laughs> teleport back. Yes. <laughs> and then I looked at the results and went, wait a moment. You... I did this to myself. You didn't want to do that. Bad. It's a bad thing. Uh... Man, the other day I got really excited about elephants and I looked up just elephants on Google Image Search. And you do not have to get very far into Google Image Search for elephants before you start seeing elephants that have had the shit beaten out of them by humans that and sucks circuses. so much. Like, it's like, yeah. hey, hey, settle down. Like, yeah. chill out. Like, I understand I have my safe search off, so it's not like I'm some, like, plucky little seven-year-old like ma i'm gonna search elephants and then being traumatized for life right um but i'm a 27 year old who's like hey empty house i'm gonna search elephants and then i'm traumatized for life (laughs) yeah it'd be like that yeah um they um they all get giant squid morphs they sploot and flimp into giant squids yeah they find the pimolite ship through another series of coincidences where Yerks are also going to the ship and point the way. And I love the detail. The Pimalite ship looks like a green Snoopy. Because <laughs> um, they said it's a toy, you know, and not a weapon, which is cute. Yeah. Uh, everything about the, uh, the tea is very, are very, very cute. I really, really like them so much. The Pimalites, like, the Pimalites are great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, both, I guess. <laughs> I like, yeah, both of them. And the Pimalite ship, like, because they thought of everybody as friends, basically it reads your body sensors and creates an environment that you can survive in. Mm-hmm. And so this fucking rules. I would love to see this on screen somehow. They, like, go into the ship and the ship makes these giant levitating bubbles of water that surround their entire bodies. Mm-hmm. Listen, Netflix, <laughs> they, Netflix. They just, like, followed them around. We will write... We will write Animorphs, the TV, the animated TV series. Castlevania is not coming back till next October. We like you've got time for a big non-anime animated show. Bring back the Animorphs, bring us on for writers, and just get some animation studio. We'll do the rest of it. Yeah, hell yeah, and pay us a lot. <laughs> um, I'll do pro bono. Fuck that. <laughs> you just spent a hundred million dollars on Friends. You can spend a little bit of that on us. Yeah. God, I'm so depressed. <laughs> It's so distressing. Baseline Friends just makes me depressed. So yeah, same. So you know, like um, I rail, I, love, I rail like, against Friends a lot. Friends is like, Friends is like, it's not as bad as How I Met Your Mother for one. For like, it's like that's like it's like another that's like another show in like the the same like sort of like genre area. Yeah, like it's the stuff that you like you'll see on a Tinder bio. Uh. Like, like 
<laughs> oh, sure. Because I was going to say that I like How I Met Your Mother more, but I think I would definitely treat them the same way if I saw them in a Tinder bio. Yeah. Like, I think, like, to me, like, the, the, I don't want to see, I don't use Tinder pretty much. I haven't used Tinder in, like, a year. Um, but when I did use Tinder, like, the order of, I didn't want to see any of these shows in there, but, like, the order at which I trust them, like, uh, The Office, that's, like, my number one of, like, I, I see that and you seem like an okay enough person. Like, that or Parks and Rec, and, like, at the bottom of that list is Breaking Bad. If I see Breaking Bad on anyone's profile, I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) Hard pass. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so they, um... Uh, they, they fuck around the show. They turn the thing off, which is good. That's the that they did the goal of the thing. But then yeah. they get and the people like a- AI is really great. Yeah, it's basically just like super super friendly. Um, but yeah, as they're turning the thing off, then they're like the people like AI is like, excellent. You have turned off the thing that was making all of the chi frozen. We have activated the chi self-destruct sequence. And they're all like, wait, what the fuck? No. Ah, how does this happen? And then the ship dramatically goes see-through and they see Visser 3 and a whole bunch of Hork-Bashir and Taxons staring at them. And they're like, well, fuck. <laughs> fuck me, basically, yeah. Um. And while this is happening, we meet a new creature. Yeah. Um, that's a reptilian humanoid with like a very human face and a stubby tail that walks like a bird with like this wrinkled pruny black skin um, called a drode, mm-hmm. which means wild card. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing that Cryat created. And I love him. Me too. Yeah, this guy is, I knew, I knew, I knew that this would be the case because I also love yeah. him. It was just yeah. like, it was just like a list of things I would enjoy. Cause I was like reptilian alien thumbs up. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 weird fucking campy villain vibes even though it's very much so you know not specifically hardline evil you know i would say lawful evil you know um oh i was gonna go chaotic neutral or chaotic evil even mm. but but there's there's like rules he, he has to follow you know well, he can't no, cry no those are cryax rules and he but he also can't follow he... like also has well, to, but like, yes he yeah, does have is, to follow them the thi- well the thing is that yes he does but the thing is that cryak has to follow them because of the agreement that he entered and that makes i granted i know these alignments far less well than you do so please feel free to correct me on this but i feel like cryak is cryak is definitely lawful evil because he is adhering to this binding that he made with the elemist i feel like this guy is more just like adhering to the rules like for the safe for like his own sake and not for like the the the, uh, the purity of battle or anything. He does not seem he does not seem interested in. He seems to be following the rules of engagement out of like compulsion rather than at, morals. He, he seems to view the he seems to view the rules of this statement with uh, of engagement with like disdain, if anything, to me, which does not scream lawful evil to me. But I think I think no, I get it. Lawful evil was only because of the the whole rules thing, but the fact that he's yeah. called a wild card, I think, definitely has chaotic, hard, hard chaotic energy to it. Um, sure. <laughs> so yeah, I think chaotic neutral, chaotic chaotic evil nu- chaotic neutral. Neutral. It's the halfway point between neutral and evil. <laughs> and basically, this thing is just sort of prancing around like some sort of like villainous fairy, being like. Ah ha ha! Yes, Jake, you think you're the fearless leader, don't you? And then being like, "Oh, hello, Marco. Thought about your dead mom recently, or is she not dead?" And it's like, what the fuck is happening? And then, um, uh, 
Oh, it says to Jake, have you killed your brother yet? No? Well, you will. I love that so much. (laughs) It's so good. And it's like, Rachel, now Rachel, I like you. (laughs) And it's like, oh, shit. (coughs) And um, may I just take this moment to put my fist in the air and scream as loud as I possibly can. Android rights. Um, Um, It'll make you die if you do that. Yeah, that's why I'm just going to describe my actions instead. Android writes, because... So they learn that this creature basically has been setting them up this entire time as um, revenge for the Cryak. And... uh, Hasn't been able to directly engage them because of these rules of engagement. And says that part of his thing is that he can't kill sentient creatures... Which, they include sentience up to the point of whales. So, he's like, I couldn't kill that whale um, because they're, like, on the line of sentience. But they can kill the chi because they're androids. Which is fucking... Horseshit. So mean. It's horseshit. So awful. It sucks. It sucks. Android rights. Android rights now. (laughs) For real. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And I was like, I mean... Is, like, biology a factor here? Like, biology must be a factor, but also they are fucking sentient creatures um, who have, like, laws they have to follow, but at the same time, like, it would be a matter of programming to to not do that anymore, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's you know, um, but... And basically, they, they escape this fight that the Horkbazir and Taxons are coming towards them, and um, they're like, yo, if you can't kill sentient creatures how is it fair that you're leaving us in this situation where we're definitely going to die? And the drone is like, there is a way not to die. You just haven't found it yet. <laughs> and like disappears. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what the fuck is it? And then basically because they're squids in these giant bubble pods, they can expel ink. And then it makes the, um, the bubble cloudy enough that the Yerks can't see them as they demorph, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, I love as a solution it makes me really happy it's so goofy but it's good and yeah when rachel like pops out of her bubble in a battle morph she sees that tobias has nearly taken off one of viscer three's stock eyes and i was just like work bitch mm. like yes it's all good it's all very good it's great and there's one thing i wanted to bring up which is because they're talking again about like the rules of engagement of like who they're allowed to kill mm-hmm. i thought that was a really interesting contrast to the thing we get which is on a meta level, the rules of engagement in the books versus the de- with the death of aliens versus the deaths of humans, where whenever we see a human get really, really hurt, it is specifically pointed out to us that they're still alive. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this scene, we have um, them just happily, haphazardly murdering taxons and Hork-Mashir left and right. Mm-hmm which even though they are controllers are still sentient creatures in their own right. And Yerks are certainly sentient creatures. I'm not arguing that they shouldn't kill them. I just think that's a really interesting comparison to the in-universe rules of engagement when it comes to interference and when it comes to killing. Mm -hmm. And then on sort of a meta level, how the books actually engage with that as well. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, It's, 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 but I think it, it says so much about the character's own psyche you know, what they're willing to actually give a shit about. Um, I feel like there are definitely characters who would, like, 
Jake and Rachel, uh, not Rachel, uh, Jake and Cassie come to mind specifically, who would be more like, like more like they would they would have this whole introspective speech in their head about the whole thing, whereas Rachel sure. is just gonna go hog, you know. Yeah, I mean it'll still happen across, like regardless, but definitely, mm-hmm. especially because I get the sense a lot of the way that this book ends, it seems like it's setting the next few books up to explore some more stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, because there's definitely still there's definitely a few like hanging threads in this book. In this book, one of them comes up immediately. Rachel and a Hork-Bajir controller find themselves locking eyes in the middle of battle, and well, I actually don't know if this gets solved or if this is a hanging thread. And she says something about, like, they lock eyes and suddenly we were more than warriors on separate sides. We were each other. Um, And I don't know if that's because the Pimalite ship has anti-aggression technology that freezes all of them. Like, I don't know if that's the Pimalite's trying technology trying to, like, make them see the other side. But I don't think it is. I think that that's just something that the universe is doing to them right now that will need to be explored in later books. Mm Mm-hmm. I have nothing to say to that. I have nothing to say to that except for the traditional interesting no comment. No, it's cool though. I mean, regardless of what happens, it's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I'm not pitching in on this discussion because I I, I know where these things go and I'm just like, my. No, I get it. Interesting no no comment. No, but I I think even just like narratively speaking, it's very cool. Yeah, no, I like it. I like the it. Yeah. I feel like interesting no comment is so much more of a spoiler than just not commenting. No, 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 straight up. I. Please, I say interesting. I say interesting. No comment to like, like that's just like my stock standard response. Whether you are correct or incorrect, I just say the words of interesting. No comment. Or if it doesn't come up at all, even. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean the the falling action for this book is like you blink and miss it basically. Yeah. Uh, I was shocked. I looked up and I was on page seventy one out of seventy two, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> um, Same. Rachel gets asked explicitly to join the dark side and my my actual note for this is in all caps with about I'm gonna say 25 exclamation points at the end Rachel being asked to join the dark side I'm slurping (laughs) slurping and hurgling (laughs) I'm slurping and hurgling um the cryak's basically like the uh, the drode is basically like yo you can totally join the cryak um you just have to kill Jake remember at any point if you want to join us and find salvation in the arms of the cryak. Just kill your cousin. Your cousin's life is the passport. Yeah. I love whenever like, fratricide shit. is like a narrative thing. Which is it's... maybe horrible of me, but I think it's great. <laughs> it is really good. Um, and yeah, as mentioned, the Pimalite ship automatically freezes them all. And the AI is, like, AI is like, how unfortunate that you had to spoil our good time with fighting. And they like eject all the hork and taxons. Like, forcefully, mm-hmm. um, but gently. Mm-hmm. And then the Animorphs are all, like, recovering. And Rachel's like, it didn't, like, shove us out the door, but it clearly didn't want us there. <laughs> <laughs> like a polite uh, party host who's had enough. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, the basically, Rachel's, like, goes running on the beach, uh, you know, the next day or whatever. Um, and he, she's, like, meditating on this TT guy. As he like, and then he comes up to like ask her out again, and she's like, "Well, he's never eaten a mouse, which is good, but he's also never risked his life for me, so never mind." And she like hard rejects him. Hard rejects him again, which I love. And then she, she hard rejects him with a great at. line. With, <laughs> yeah, with the great line of, "Do you sp- 
how many different ways do I uh, sorry I don't I should have pulled it up before I started this yeah it's something like how many different ways do I have to say no to you before you get it or something like, like that like you speak I English love. because I don't know how many different ways I can say no yeah yeah which is great and then yeah she just says he called me a name I've been called before and I was like I'm gonna murder this teenage boy yeah <laughs> well I'm gonna murder this teenage terror is what I wrote down yeah yeah TT naturally oh oh um, yeah for sure <laughs> but yeah and then tobias has been flying overhead and is like he's kind of cute i love it he tobias is the one who actually calls him cute rachel only consistently calls him not not cute and tobias is like what he was kind of cute and rachel's like shut the fuck up i'm gonna turn into a bird they're both i'll hang out with you the thing is is that they're both gay and that's they're both gay is the thing <laughs> Oh my god, I love Animorphs. Guys, I, know, I love Animorphs. Me too. This one was so much fun. Um, I loved this one a lot. So I, was... I hope you two are ready for the next Rachel book. I am so ready. I'm always ready. Right, yeah. It's good. Um, let's uh, let's get uh, asked deep in some questions. Yeah. Well, yeah. So Blair tweeted, Hey y'all, we read The Exposed this week. Ask us about Rachel. <laughs> I have very specific desires. Uh, at what is cosplay says, so Blair is in charge of the question post this week. Okay, which always sunny character is each of the Animorphs faves? Um, I think Cassie will not watch the show. Oh, for no. sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely not. not. It's, it's... Act probably doesn't either. Um, and I think Act wouldn't get it. Jake will watch it with Marco, but Marco is the only one who really likes. Well, Rachel might like it too sometimes. Um, uh, Seda, real quick. Um, what's the um. What's the Canadian show that's kind of like Always Sunny that I'm trying to think of? That's like about the the like the the fucking redneck Canadian dudes. I, it is not anything like It's Always Sunny, but you're thinking of Letterkenny. I am thinking of Letterkenny. <laughs> it is nothing like It's Always Sunny. It's maybe the like it has like the opposite, very wholesome tone. <laughs> okay. I think it's the platonic I think I, I think opposite I, I of think it. I actually made a, I think I actually made like a weird jump there because I've been watching Trailer Park Boys with Andrea, and that yeah. is a show that's similar to Always Sunny, except for these people are less like bad people and just kind of more stupid idiots. Sure. Trailer Park Boys is also much more wholesome, but I uh, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I get I get where you're. Coming and then from, from with there, that I kind of jumped, and then from there, my brain kind of jumped from Trailer Park Boys to Letter Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, not to like be all. Canadian. I can't see Canada making a show like It's Always Sunny. It's Always Sunny is such an American show. It it's really so, yeah. is. Yeah. Like, um, like supremely it's like aggressively American. so, though. Yeah. Um, uh, um, yeah, I really think that only Marco would, like, really get into show. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, obviously his favorite is Mac, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, no question about that. Um, yeah. I think I've actually tweeted about that specifically before. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so. the, re- the reason that I asked about Letterkenny is that I feel like that is that is that is more a show that would be the speed of the Aminorfs. If uh, it, uh, I think over, Jake like, would like Letterkenny, I think Jake would like Letterkenny. I think Rachel would enjoy some of Letterkenny. I feel like it might be too Canadian for these California kids to get into. <laughs> That's but... fair. Maybe if, maybe as young adults. Maybe yeah. Oh. I mean that would be lovely. Mm-hmm. Canada has some problems with Canadian content in that a lot of it is not very good. So when it's good, we really like to hype it up. <laughs> so it would be nice. I mean, the, 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 the thing is that Letterkenny is very... The thing about Letterkenny is that I like it a lot and I very much need to watch more of it. 
Yeah. It's great. Yeah. More question? Or is that the only one? Am I just, just getting dunked on? Is that it? <laughs> uh, no, we have another question, but it's, okay. uh, it's from at Snug Crow who asks, is she eel? E-A-L. Does anyone know what that means? No. Okay. <laughs> Sadie, can you cut that? Um, yeah. <laughs> that's very... I was just wondering, my brain went to eel, and you know that story lately that's been like, seals keep snorting eels? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such an animorphs. <laughs> it, re- it super <laughs> is. Um, yeah. Oh my god. I keep like, the, I've, I've, I'm so like, thinking about these books so much recently that often when I see like, funny animal jpegs, I'm like, well that's Marco. <laughs> Jake. <laughs> I think you sent some to the group chat even. Probably. To- I definitely there was definitely a picture of like two cats that were caught in blinds. Oh yeah. And they were like completely this upside down and just ass yeah. backwards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well that's Marco and Jake for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh this was a good book. I love Rachel. I love Animorphs. I love it. I love it all. It's all good. Yeah. Um so is that is that everything, Sela? I think that's podcast. Podcast. That seems to be podcast. Thank you so much for listening uh, and uh, giving your, your ears ear support to the show. If you want to give other kinds of support to the show, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash fearbaiting, which supports the show and our sister podcast, Fearbaiting, where me and Sarah talk about uh, horror movies. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, if you if you listen to this podcast but not that one, I really recommend listening to last week's episode and next week's episode, which we have yet to record. But we'll be very good. It's going to be a good one because it's and last week's episode was just I finally like remembered how to I finally remembered like all the film classes that I took in college and like learned how to put words together. It only took me two and a half podcast years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, yeah, one dollar a month gets you early access, uh, and voting on our fear baiting episodes. Um, uh, five dollars a month gets your, uh, uh, name shouted out on the show and a short message read, and then ten dollars a month you can, uh, uh, tell us for a movie. To, it's, it's all, that's all for fear baiting. One of these days we'll get something special up for, uh, the Animorphs crowd, uh, the, the Wonder Years crowd. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, we all, we love you regardless of whatever fucking show you support. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, uh, special thanks to um, uh, Michael Kaiser, uh, Paul Bechtel, Paul B- Moran, uh, Kit Spindler, and Sophie. We love you so much. <laughs> uh, if you want to contact the show, you can do so at The Wonder Yorks on Twitter, or um, I think that's it, actually. Um, and if you want to contact the hosts, uh, you can find me online at Blair Kitch on Twitter, or sometimes uh, BlairKitch.tumblr.com. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at SunHatGenia. Uh, you can also check me out on, that's my Twitch name, um, check me out on Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die. It's the number one leftism podcast that's sweeping the nation. Um, and I know I mentioned it last episode, I'm just going to mention it again. The, uh, the bonus episode we have with, uh, friends of the show, uh, Setting the Record Queer is going to be going up probably sometime, I think like the week after Christmas or the week, I'll tweet about it. I yeah. definitely will tweet about it at the very least. Mm-hmm. Hey, Seda, what are you up to? <laughs> I'm on Twitter at nudity with an EA instead of a Y. You can check out my other podcast called Music for Mole Hills at Musical Mole on Twitter. And you can check out the other music that I do at gaygothvibes.online. Nice.
nice 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 <laughs> yeah i never mentioned i don't know if i should mention this i also have a patreon for my music if you throw me a dollar a month then you get like a bunch of demos and like like covers that i record at 3 a.m getting home from the bar <laughs> like a whole bunch of other shit that i'm basically just like i didn't have anywhere to put this and I want to share it, but I feel like I shouldn't force it on everybody. So <laughs> Just the people who give you money. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hello, welcome to the sleepover. I'm going to share all my feelings now. Um, no, it's good. It's very good. Um, so thank you all for listening. We will see you in a couple of weeks with the next book. Um, but until then, uh, I have been Blair. I'm Sarah. I'm Tata. Tata? Hey, Tata. It's been me the whole time. Keep your hand on the Escafil device. (laughs) Bye. No, it's good.